There are good movies and there are great movies. But that's not what we watch here because this is shitty cinema. I want to We are three film masochists who love to take on the worst movies we can find. Centered around our monthly theme to answer one simple question. Would you watch it again? I'm Jay and I'm joined by Dave. Hello. And Casey. Week, one of us has to pick a movie based on that month's theme. What's this month's theme, Casey? Hey, I know my rights. You can't just ask me questions without a lawyer present. It's fucking <laughs> Cops and Donuts Month, baby. We've kind of fallen into buddy cops, which we kind of we assumed. We assumed that was going to yeah, happen. What was, are friends for? That was always going to happen. To maybe die in the line of fire with. Last week, Jay brought Samurai Cop. This week, <laughs> we are still... In that era, Dave, what did you bring? Uh, you know, uh, no, no, last week was Samurai Cop. This week, we had Karate Cops. Those are completely different types of... No, 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 I said the same era, meaning time span. Oh, yeah, 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 Samurai Cop was 1991. I went to 1990. The week before that was 1988. <laughs> like, apparently, we have a thing here. This imprinted on us deeply. However, it was not actually Kung Fu Cops. This week, I went with a film, as I said, from 1990, starring Chad McQueen, Cynthia Rothrock, and David fucking Carradine. Yes. Named Martial Law. Is it spelled weird? Or is it spelled correctly? No, it's spelled yeah, it's, correctly. It's spelled exactly it's- how you would want it to, to make it much more difficult to Google without getting depressing results. I thought his name was going to be Marshall, and it wasn't, and I still don't understand why it's called Martial Law. Uh, that uh, We'll talk about that. Cause I, I. Okay, someone explain it to me later. Let's, let's put a pin in it. Sorry. I'm not going to explain it to you, but I just, we'll talk about that. Okay. Before we can make any sense of Martial Law or why it's called that, we're going to need an elevator pitch, Dave, where you sell us on this movie in 10 seconds or less. Here's your setup. Remember when your mom told you to stop hanging out with those people? They're they're a bad influence. Yeah, well, mm. maybe you if you would have listened to her, you wouldn't have got into that motorcycle gang. Oh, no. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> and too bad for you. You've run afoul of Cynthia Rothrock. While you think you're about to motorbike over and take her out with your baseball bat, she's going to drop kick you to the face. In the 10 seconds before you wake up in the hospital, sell us on this movie. A kung fu cop and his kung fuer brother go up against David Carradine in one of his films of all time. <laughs> wow, Dave. <laughs> Do you have something you'd like to say to David Carradine? Casey, while that's going on with me, you're across town in a terrible series of misunderstandings. You've just ordered a dim mock at a restaurant. You thought it was a delicious beverage. Um, but instead, it is actually a blast to the solar plexus that is going to knock you down. Fuck, I ordered two. Oh. <laughs> I thought it was a shot. So, in the time before that happens, sell us on this movie. The best girlfriend in the world tries to fix her boyfriend's family woes. While she doesn't kill Bill, she does tan Philip Tan's hide. Roth and roll, baby! Eight seconds. And you, were, you were really on a wow. vibe in this movie, Case. Uh, listen, we don't get a lot of girls in 
kung fu movies, okay? That do the kung fu and are just like, help me. I just, it does my heart, my, my inner child good. I'm not unsympathetic to your take on Cynthia Rothrock there, Casey. And But I think we got to save it because first we need to talk about the movie that Shitty Cinema watched. Are you a police negotiator that is overwhelmed by three amateurs that took hostages in a jewelry store? Are you a police officer that needs help getting a criminal out of a crowded location? Because if you go in, it's going to be two shooty shooty bang bang death fest. Good news, officers. Martial law is here to help. Yes, they do unironically call the kung fu cop martial law. Why though? (laughs) Okay. I'm going to ask every time. Because he delivers martial law. Because he does mar- yeah, because he does martial arts and because he's in the law. And in the law. Martial law martial is a thing. Law. That, it doesn't really use guns. Yeah. I could food. not see that through. I'm like, at what point did they seize? When did the cops take over? Was that in Hong Kong and were alluding yeah, yeah, yeah. to? No, like, no, no, no. It was I'm martial a fucking arts idiot. Martial arts and law. <laughs> But I didn't consider what he did in martial arts because he was doing it next to Cynthia Rothrock. And I thought even like, oh, look at his wrestling moves. As goofy as football bro martial law is, the movie's villain is cool. David fucking Carradine, which, you know. He's mm, so cool. This movie didn't do it for me, but goddamn was I getting some hardcore flashbacks to everything he's ever done. There's there's weird moments in martial law where David Carradine is on and they're they're few and far in between. Yeah. But they're what? <laughs> no. He's like a sidewinder. He can dip in and out of it, and it just adds to the allure of, like, maybe he's just that unpredictable as a boss. <laughs> Imagine that. True. I always think of the henchman. Like, God, he, what is he like as a boss? I think he really did come off as cool, though. Yeah. He had a yin-yang ring. Of course. Oh, my God. <laughs> Classic. Forget about the yin-yang ring. I wish I was a man that could rock a yin-yang ring. Hey, man, that's a fucking choice. David Carradine plays Dalton Rhodes, who sells cars to Hong Kong gangsters, military weapons to senators, and puts down anyone in his way with a single-punch dim mock attack. Things start getting wild when Martial Law's younger brother, Michael, starts working for Rhodes. <laughs> All I could think about is, like, Okay, say David Carradine could really do that. You don't show your family because you're going to have to make the turkey every year. Just dim mock that stuffing up in there. (laughs) Tenderize it. You can cook a turkey in two hours, but still, do you want all those people over at your house, David Carradine? You got to keep that under your hat. You can't just be doing that in front of every Tom, Dick, and Harry. While martial law and his brother Michael edge closer to career tension, the relationship Ew. is partially sabotaged by a gangbanger that wants to get into Rhodes' good graces called Faster Brown. Faster will snitch on anyone to Daddy Rhodes. And even despite getting kicked out of the gang before, and consistently tries to throw Michael under the bus. He's the Roger Moore. He's always trying to get his cohorts arrested and shit. <laughs> Roger Moore was a snitch. He was, a, yeah, in Bullseye. Meanwhile, Martial Law and his even badder-ass kung fu partner-slash-lover Billy, played by the iconic Cynthia Rothrock, investigate some car thefts that just can't be related to Michael. Right? Nah, definitely not. They're also looking for someone that can kill a man with a single punch, the legendary Dim Mock. 
At one point, martial law actually catches Michael with another one of Rhodes' men trying to steal a Porsche, but lets him go because, you know, it's his brother and that's good police work. That's fine. Yeah, that's how cops do. Uh, you're fine, buddy. Wasn't he stealing it from a Porsche dealership, though? Is there some way that we could have everyone here lose? (laughs) All right, to teach you a lesson, like, you know, when I made you smoke the whole pack of cigarettes, I'm going to make you drive that off a cliff because I that brother couldn't die fast enough for me in this movie. Faster Brown sees Michael outside of court getting money from his brother and runs to Rhodes accusing Michael of being a police informant. Michael denies being a snitch because he actually isn't. And Rhodes believes him. That is, as long as he kills Faster. The two have a chase with Michael letting Faster live and lying to Rhodes about it, which obviously is going to end up good, right? He should have shot him in the leg. Yeah, I mean. And let him go. He definitely should have not just let him run, but he does. And then guess what happens? Faster snitches again. This time, Rhodes kills both Faster and Michael. Listen, I love Faster Brown, but like, how many times are you going to let a snitch snitch before you do something about it? It's like his primary character trait in the film. <laughs> right. It's to simp for Rhodes and just snitch on him. Snitch, snitch, snitch. Like, as soon as he has any tea, he cannot run fast <laughs> enough to spill it. I loved him so much, though. So much. Martial Law and Billy pursue Rhodes. When they finally catch up, we get a double feature fight sequence where Billy fights Rhodes' right-hand man and Martial Law fights Rhodes himself. As Rhodes is getting the upper hand, Martial Law reveals the secret. He punches Rhodes right in the chest, dim mocking that son of a bitch to death and immediately just strolling off into the credits. <laughs> and you know what you should play as he falls to the ground? Jay put on My Way by Limp Biscuit, And honestly, it was the perfect song. I did. Babe, you should look into scoring. Well, but I just you know. don't know how many movies would really need only scores that com- were comprised of Limp Biscuit and Sandstorm. <laughs> but maybe we'll find another m- song soon. Oh man, we'll build your portfolio. Let me ask a question because I'm a little bit confused. Was the reveal that Martial Law could do the dim mock was that supposed to be like a big thing? I were we guess? supposed to be surprised? It didn't land for me. I think we were supposed to be like, or, you know, he knows not to take a life. Right. And Cynthia Rothrock's like, no. But then when it's like, you're in imminent danger, oops, it's my natural instinct kicking in to just dim mock this motherfucker. Yeah, I don't know, because that's what I was a little unclear on is, oh, he was it he had secretly known Dim Mock the whole time, a la Kill Bill, or was it he is just so goddamn awesome at Kung Fu that he can manifest the Dim Mock without training? I'm not sure. They were damned as soon as they straight up called it <laughs> Dim Mock. I'm sorry, I've seen this too many times, and my eyes started glazing over. I, I'm fine with a Dim Mock. I mean, yeah, it's uh, is it abused? Absolutely. I like the better ones where, like, um, you know, they have a time or I enjoyed Kill Bill's three steps. I, right. That was fun. You know, right? He's got some, just this straight up touch the chest and they go down. And it's a little dull as far as sure. Dan mocks go. Agreed. Agreed. I So the read that I got on it, and this is mostly me just making assumptions. So feel free to not like it. Mm-hmm. They point out that he studied in Hong Kong for several years. 
And traditionally, the Dimbach is passed down from master to student, right? And so uh, my assumption was that he just happened to be part of a really elite group because he's a he's a badass in the movie. Uh, he as in the main character. Yes, right, Marshall Law. Chad McQueen. Okay. Right. Um, my take on it was that he learned that in Hong Kong. And he talks about how when he fought in Hong Kong, he fought for the wrong reasons. So the idea there is that he's changed and he doesn't have to use it anymore. But then, you know, Cynthia Rothrock's attacked and yeah. he fucking does that, even though Cynthia Rothrock is the far better fucking martial artist. In the I guess I can get down on uh, him actually knowing the Dim Mock and him having been trained in it. If that had been like anywhere involved in the rest of the movie and we hadn't wasted an act in a half on a younger brother that we were going to fridge anyways. <laughs> oh my god let's talk about it i thought he was right. gonna get killed in the first scene so did i and yeah. then i was like okay then definitely the next scene and then i'm like okay this little guy's got to go he's got a lot of airtime. let's it did it i did not expect it to be until like the 80th percentile of the fucking movie. Right, right. Excuse me. I was like, oh, fuck, he's going to live. And like, now you're going to kill him? Yeah, I I, I mean, it, that came as a surprise to me because by that point I went, okay, I guess we're doing a like the cop brother and the rogue brother team up thing. All right, I've seen that movie okay, too, yeah. but let's do it. But no, no, we're, we're just going to kill him off anyways, which, you know, we could have moved that up a little earlier. We could have given martial law a bit more time to breathe on his backstory. That would have been cool. Let me sketch out that subplot. So Michael is contrasted against martial law, where martial law is the cop and he's always, you know, quote unquote, the good son. The Michael, older brother. He's right, the, the little angel. Michael is the younger son. So he was the one that got into trouble. And ever since dad died, shit's been rough. And so they have this tension between the two. And also Michael is working for the bad guy, but, you know, doesn't want to know, like let the family know, obviously. And he's taking money and he seems to enjoy it for most of it. There, there's nervousness, of course, but Michael's nervous because he's new to crime. Not as though he's having like these moral. Um, right. It just seemed like new challenge. job jitters. Right. I guess I didn't really get it. I didn't really get that he enjoyed it. I got that he was just sort of he had Mr. Magood his way into it and like, well, I'm good at it. So I guess I'll continue. Uh, when he steals the Porsche it's successfully and he gets a, a fucking thousand dollars from Philip Tan. He seems to really have a good time with that. Yeah, he was all like, woo. It's true. But he was also driving a Porsche. <laughs> It was a fucking night. Hard to do turbo. that, yeah. frowning, yeah. especially if it's your first time and it's stolen. Okay, so regardless of whether or not you know his character, suddenly toward the end he has a a fairly unexplained change of heart. There's a conflict with his brother, and and we get some motivation for it, but it feels very sudden. And he symbolizes it by Michael's <clears throat> and Michael symbolizes the change of heart by throwing a thousand dollars into the ocean. For fucking reasons, I, I love. I just love, love fucking movies and what they think people do with money. No, if if those bills are blood money, go to a gas station and change them out. <laughs> oh, now you got fresh money. Guess what? All money's blood money. You fucking dumbass. Yeah, they, they invest so much time in the subplot that when they kill him, 
unfortunately they didn't win the emotional investment just the time investment so you're actually just sort of worn out on it and so when they kill him it's a surprise not in the emotional sense because it's actually an emotional relief but it's a surprise in the jesus christ you spent so much time on this just to kill him here it's infuriating because they <laughs> actually they they put a bunch of scenes into this movie without understanding what they were for. So there's a bunch of scenes of the <laughs> younger brother and the older brother in conflict and like the cop brother getting his younger rogue brother out of it and the younger brother kind of feeling bad about it. But they forgot that like the whole point was to build up enough of a connection for the younger brother to choose to help the cop brother and die because of that. Right. So that he has an actual storyline. <laughs> they, they didn't know there was a purpose for all of that so then he just gets killed for no reason no real reason every family's different and not all siblings are redeemable or have rich and interesting stories some of them are just dicks in leather coats and he got what he deserved <laughs> I just he really hate that guy what blows my mind, too, is that Michael has a super shitty attitude to his brother the whole time. And his brother, he's like, oh, come on. I thought you're a cop. You got to help me out. And he does. He helps him get out of jail. He helps him fucking get a meeting with the DA. who see, He explicitly says owes him a favor. And then after the meeting, when Michael's being pissy, his brother's like, yeah, he probably said that just to kind of scare you. But it sounds like you got off. So he does get him off despite Michael bitching at every step that he's not helping. Yeah, the movie really didn't it it portrayed Michael as a dick but didn't realize it was doing it. <laughs> he was in no way likable. He was less likable than the main villain, and that's not good. Yeah, that's actually Not just fair. charming, but likable. He was he was less likable than the villain, which just you you're annoyed that the movie took that long to kill him. I yeah. <laughs> well, okay. But to be fair, our main villain was David Carradine. Uh-huh. And, okay, I've sh I've shit on David Carradine a little bit in this movie in my elevator pitch and some commentary up to here. Here's why. You know how sometimes actors have to provide their own wardrobes? I feel yeah. like David Carradine had to provide his own scripts. <laughs> and he Go just on. brought in a bunch of random pages from shit he had been in before. <laughs> And then that's how all of the rest of this movie happened. What line hit you the hardest? Honestly, as soon as somebody said Dim Mock, I started getting worried. And then I, I know I've seen him gambling with people before. Yeah, I just love that he was always like, I want to fight that guy. I want to fight that guy. You meet a new group of friends, you don't go like, I could fucking take that guy. Absolutely. And as a villainous archetype, okay. love the like, let's mano y mano fight each other. Love that. Right. Less so when as soon as the fight starts turning against him, he just screams for his assistant to shoot him. That was only once. Yeah, at the end. Okay, so I really hated that. Um, it was just an excuse for Cynthia Rothrock to show up, though. So I'm, I'm, willing to, I'm willing to set that aside. Yeah. I mostly enjoyed David Carradine in this role. And I thought that the sort of like dry coolness – he comes off as just not giving a fuck. And sometimes that is not giving a fuck about his performance, maybe. But also, as as a villain, he's cool, man. 
And the fact that he's like, all right, but uh, I'm going to mano a mano fight you. And he fights this huge sumo dude that was also in the last fucking movie. Or not the last movie. Oh, that was also in Dead Heat. Fights this huge sumo dude and kills him is old man Carradine. It's fucking badass. He's cool. You know who David Carradine reminds me of in this? Hmm. His Soka from Hunter Hunter. Yeah, 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 yeah. He's yeah, yeah. got just yeah. like, I do what I want, when I want. I make wagers. I steal your money and kill all your strongest guys. Bye. Leave my house now. Okay, let's talk about that sumo fight for a minute. Because that was one of the ones that didn't, I like, I that, that didn't work for me at all. Because you know what? They had a stunt double for David Carradine in a yes, passable David Carradine wake. Yes. And yet, for some reason, they decided in the sumo fight, it was mostly going to consist of David Carradine getting his ass beat <laughs> until he's down on the ground in the fetal position. And then he just springs up Dim Mox and wins the fight. That's how a mongoose fights, bro. Gets bit <laughs> by a rattlesnake, lays down for a second, Dim Mock your ass. That's how they win. <laughs> mongoose style. Casey's got that. She knows Carradine. No, I knew through. 100%. I was like, he's playing possum. He's just getting his back cracked by a big dude and then killing him. I don't tip a masseuse. It's our first fight with the villain. Like, even if it if he is going to do the, like, sudden turnaround, having it be a dim mock is too sudden. Like, actually demonstrate a bit of what's to come before he knocks them dead. I also think you could be argued of David Carradine is always exactly where he wants to be in a fight. Up until when he's a bad guy, up until it's time for the the good, the one good guy to come win because he's good at he's like a very drunken master style. Like you think he's doing dumb things, but he's really smart like a fox. All right. So I disagree with you, Dave. I and I'm I'm with Casey on this. I think that one of the great things about him just using that dim mock right out the gate is that throughout the movie, they have several other people that are killed by the Dim Mock. And it builds up this, like, he just goes around Dim Mocking people. And one of my problems with a lot of Kung Fu movies that use the Dim Mock is that they use it, like, once or twice. And yeah. you know that if some motherfucker knows how to just go around and one-hit kill people, like... You're going to be like a kid with a new toy. You're Use never using your key for your door again. Right. You just get right. new doors. So I like that. I did too. We, we, we <laughs> do have a lot of random goons and dead bodies turning up dim mocked indefinitely. Yeah. I do appreciate that the man's at least putting his practice to work. I mean, you, <laughs> you don't want to suddenly dust that one off after a couple of decades and have it not dim mock. I mean, that's just embarrassing. Now you just palmed a guy's chest. Like, I'll agree with you, Dave, that David Carradine's performance is kind of wooden in a lot of this, and maybe not the greatest. I won't. But uh, I I think that overall, like, the sort of character around him, and he feels, he just feels like a titan. A titan. And it's incredible. He has Wait just a minute. This fucking vibe man what i'm afraid what? i may have carotene colored glasses on i can't be partial i have Go to ahead. accuse myself from the david carotene yeah, yeah. carotening like i'm i'm not saying it's his worst performance i'm just seeing if you've seen any of his performances you've also seen this one there's no best performance fair it's right <laughs> it's just right. the performance i watched a lot of kung fu and the series continues. And uh, 
I, I'm sorry. Fuck me. I tried to as a kid, and that was one I was like, no. It's terrible. It's so I bad. wish this was Hercules or Xena. I watched a lot of those, too. Love those. I like that David Carradine shits all over the senator, calling him a right-wing ideologue, and then just keeps jacking the price up on him. Yeah, it, uh, maybe a few too many double crosses in this film between yeah. Faster Brown, like, snitching every 8.5 minutes <laughs> and David Carradine just doubling down on the price and then shooting everyone. How does this man keep getting business? He shoots everyone he does business with. I got the sense at the end there, which I also love about David Carradine as a villain when he just kills all of the goons that he uses to help take a plane and it's goods. I thought that was just a one-time thing because they're leaving for South America. I guess. Same plan as Joker at the beginning of Dark Knight. Yeah. No, because he also made sure after he killed uh, the first guy's goon that he also got all of his money back. Or no, he had to pay him double. So he sold the cars for double. So not only did he kill the guy's right-hand man, but he also robbed him for double. Yeah. He'd been stacking up cash, Dave. True. He's just shady as fuck. Also, was not expecting random car porn in this movie, but there were some really cool cars in that yeah. first opening scene. Yeah. Yeah, the Lola 212 was interesting. Um, I love all the Porsches. The 911 Turbo is yes, 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 yes. I had to look up um, the Lola 212 because I was like, that's some bullshit. And I looked it up, and it's not. It's a real car, and it's super fucking cool. I did enjoy the car porn. I'm... Right. I'm a sucker for movies like Gone in 60 Seconds. It's a trash movie, but all of the car porn and them stealing it and car chases, I'm, yeah, okay. Yeah. I'm I, in. It, I guess that's the, that's another minor complaint. I would have preferred we go like full Gone in 60 Seconds on this instead of having that be like the first three minutes of crime and then a gun running sequence and then whatever the fuck's going on with the plane. I can't keep up with David Carradine's criminal enterprise in this film. You just want Fast and the Furious, but with David Carradine. I mean, yeah, now I do. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> I love David Carradine in this, but I who stole the show for me was Faster Brown. Oh, yeah. Faster Brown. Oh, the actor has a cool name, too. It's like V.C. Andrews, but not V.C. Andrews. Vincent Craig Dupree. But he was credited as V.C. Dupree. Ah, see? I was close. V.C. Andrews. Uh, V.C. Dupree <laughs> plays Faster Brown, and it gives me Dennis Rodman vibes. Like, he's yeah. very, like, I've always got something to say. Fuck the police. Like, he's very... His energy is fantastic. He's, he's I, high I energy. Lack he's the word. moving a lot. He's uh, He moves his... <laughs> He makes a lot of like big facial expressions, moves his body a ton. He makes a lot of minor facial expressions. He's always serving the fucking side eye. And he's got that crazy laugh. Super excited to show off his skills with the nunchucks. <laughs> he always carries nunchucks with him. I think he would have done well on Drag Race. Like a drag queen with <laughs> nunchucks? Are you kidding me? I kind of feel like if I could use nunchucks, I'd carry them around all the time too. Yeah. Or not. Just if I had them. Oh, sorry. I, I uh, you know, 
COVID, I'm not going to push that elevator button with my hand. It's like we're going to be here a while. What's your name? I mean, Jay, the great thing about nunchucks is that, you, yeah, it takes a lot of work to do cool things with nunchucks. But ultimately, hitting things with nunchucks is a fairly easy motion. It just gives you a little extra zhuzh. Yeah. So what you're saying is... I'm getting on Amazon right now and ordering a pair of nunchucks. Absolutely. Same day shipping. <laughs> we got to get you a bodysuit first. <laughs> you know what I realized? I loved the bad guy crew because my third favorite person was <laughs> Wuhan. <laughs> Philip Tan. Played by Philip Tan. God, I love Philip Tan. Love him yeah. forever. He's fantastic. Yeah. Love his fight with Cynthia Rothrock at the end. But Philip Tan is the is a great sassy sidekick to David Carradine. He's a great worker. He adds the right amount of sass. He never oversteps his boundaries. You notice he never had you know, him and David Carradine never had to have any serious he knows his He's very boss. loyal. Very loyal. A, right. Yeah. Love him. Also the Cynthia Rothrock fight. I'm I'm a sucker for the um, the sort of consigliere uh, archetype, uh, and he's he's not exactly that, but he's um, Philip Tan is more involved in getting the crimes and and getting things done because he's a martial artist and it's a little bit more kung fu. There's even he also has payroll. Yeah, yeah, he has payroll. Yeah, and he There's calls a- out David Carradine's disgusting fish head foods that he eats i don't know was what it was but it was gross yeah that was a fish head sticking out of the middle of whatever that dish was i thought it was a monkey head either way that's so much worse i thought he was eating monkey brains i couldn't tell david carradine was eating something disgusting everyone commented on it but he looked so happy like when a dog eats poop and it's like finally <laughs> this was what i was looking for but you're very disgusted when they do it he offers it to Philip Tan and to the Colonel. Everybody turns David Carradine down because because you. Yeah, it's disgusting. But Philip Tan's the only one who's like, also, by the way, that is disgusting. Everybody else just yeah. says, like, no, 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 thank you. I couldn't possibly. Yeah, I ate in the car. And Philip Tan's like, no, you're a bad person for eating that. And I respect that. Also, it's deep fried. Like, Philip Tan doesn't look like he's eating a lot of deep fried things. Oh, Philip God, Tan no. is keeping it toit. When his shirt's off, toit. it's just muscles. Toit. He has a negative fat percentage because it's just muscles. Louis Tan, you get it from your daddy. I mean, he's got to keep up you. with Cynthia Rothrock at the end of the movie there. And <sighs> it's it's going to happen every time, isn't it? It is. Let's talk about Cynthia Rothrock because I, I need to set up a rant. And it's important that we... We set up who she is. In this, she's the secondary character and the love interest of Chad McQueen in... Uh, the female she, officer. Right. She's another cop. She works in Vice. She's also part of the kung fu copping, obviously, because it's Cynthia fucking Rothrock. Right. She's an amazing martial artist. Right. Right. This is one of her first American films. Cynthia Rothrock always had to either start every fight late so her male companion could you know like almost kill a guy for her to just come in and do it in five moods or she had to fight a thousand people to his one 
because she's so much of a better martial artist <laughs> than Chad McQueen. And it shows. And I'm sorry. I did get a laugh the movie didn't intend when Chad McQueen was just absolutely ground and pounding the shit out of David Carradine after he had clearly won that final fight. Yes. <laughs> Were you laughing at David Carradine's head movements? Yeah, also just that uh, David Carradine's head movements and also that like the movie is trying to portray this as like a like big dramatic moment of the like, no, stop. And it's just come on, man. He's dead now. You've been playing ping pong with his head on a cement floor. Right. Girl, it's a little late for that. <laughs> right now you need to start getting stories straight. You know? Oh, I th- I laughed at I laughed at David Carradine and the head whips that he was doing. Like I laughed at when the giant sumo guy was being autopsied and they zoom into his <laughs> chest and he's just He's breathing, breathing regularly. <laughs> he looks so <laughs> peaceful sleeping. They just like, you're going to use a clip where he held his breath for two seconds. It was a two <laughs> second shot. And he is like out of breath yeah. laying down. Yeah, No, no. He's this guy's borderline panting. Yeah. Like, did he have something spicy last? Like <laughs> right now, is he holding back a fart? What is going on? Yeah, Cynthia Rothrock, incredible. Um, obviously, they made her fight Philip Tan because she, he's the only right. one even close to on her level. But it does cast a bit of a shadow over the rest of the film's kung fu with hard air quotes martial arts. Yeah. I really like that they didn't throw in a random female henchman at the end for Cynthia to fight. Yeah. She just got to fight Philip yeah. Tan. Like, yeah. That was great. She didn't fight any women, she only fought dudes. That's true. I mean, it would have been really unfair. <laughs> All of the dudes in this movie, it was unfair. All right, so here's here's my rant, though. You're right that she overshadowed it, and her fight with Philip Tan, and we'll talk about this, is by mm-hmm. far the best fight in this movie. What pisses me off is why wasn't she lead? She should be the lead of this movie, and if you have Chad McQueen in it, make him be the the love interest second male interest lead whatever because people recognize his name yeah He's i mean Napo baby yeah at this point cynthia rothrock really isn't a, a name in the u.s um in Napo baby and sexism is the boring answers um <laughs> yeah i mean <laughs> all of those we're are skipping valid. that one yeah, right yeah, that's yeah. called the right. title all of, of those the book. Are yeah. valid. however though like if you want to like remake this movie now have cynthia rothrock be the lead we caught the brother we kill chad mcqueen at the end of act one and it's yeah. the like femme fatale yeah uh, arc yeah i'm totally down for that all right good good that is exactly what i want how by the way because this, this movie stars Chad McQueen and Cynthia Rothrock as Sean Thompson and Billy Blake. How do their movie names sound so much more real than their actual <laughs> names? I know. Yeah, Chad know. McQueen sounds like a guy tried to think of his own stripper name, and you're like, no. Even if you take his character's nickname, Martial Law, it's still a more normal name than <laughs> Chad McQueen. Yeah. I know, man. As is Cynthia Rothrock. <laughs> Let's talk about how they introduce Chad McQueen to us. Because the opening of this movie, 
for the second time this month is a bank heist. <clears throat> or not a bank it's heist, I'm sorry, store. a jewelry store heist. It's it's kind of a microcosm of awesome because the shitty bank owner is asking the cops why they just won't shoot their way in even though they're holding four employees hostage. I've got insurance. But yeah, and he's telling them to just fucking blast them all. Which is, you know, adorably capitalist of him. But the bandits are making demands and asking for food and a helicopter with a million dollars in it. So a pizza guy shows up and the detective offers to send the pizza guy or uh, send a cop in with a pizza. But they're like, no, send the pizza guy. And guess who the pizza guy is? Martial law. Martial law. Chad oh, that's why they call it McQueen law. Yeah. yeah but- so okay. He goes into the bank. And when they when he asks for a payment, they're like, oh, we'll give you a payment. And then he fights the three of them because one of their firearms jams up. Let's all be clear here. Not because he was so good that he would have taken them, but one of their firearms jams up. And that's the only reason he isn't shot. Yeah, yeah. he's he's super dead if they have more reliable guns. (laughs) I somehow feel like this is not the first time he should have been dead on the job because there's like, yeah, I'll put on a pizza uniform. Oh, yeah, almost definitely. This man already went, okay, I'm going to go intercept the pizza delivery guy ahead of time. Presumably take his clothing because he was in a uniform from the Uh pizza place. That was much larger than him. Yeah. So there's some poor fat pizza boy out there shirtless (laughs) somewhere. Stuffed in a tiny sleeveless shirt. Like he wore to the club. Just waiting for Chad McQueen to return with his car. It's not the company's car. It's his. I have a theory about that. (laughs) And then Martial Law is going to do all of this as a way to sneak into this heist. But is he going to, like, take advantage of the moment when they're taking the pizzas out of his hand and everybody's distracted? No, he's going (laughs) to wait for them to turn away and do some snarky bullshit about wanting a tip. Tip me. You know how everybody's like, uh, everybody wants me to tip them on their iPad. You started it. You started it. (laughs) What's your theory on the pizza conspiracy? I have a theory on the pizza conspiracy. My theory is that that is actually just a car, an outfit that Chad McQueen owns. And when there's a hostage situation, oh, this is, oh. he just goes, buys pizza and delivers it. Gotcha. <laughs> this is not the first time he's done this no. gambit. So it's like a Bugs yeah. Bunny routine of his. Correct. Correct. He's got a gotcha. part-time job at a Domino's, so he kind of has free reign. Chad McQueen's got a whole chest of outfits he's got prepared for any number of sneaky scenarios he may need to employ. Right, right. But yeah, is this whole scene ridiculous? Yes, absolutely. Uh, should Chad McQueen be dead? Yeah, definitely. Yeah. Like, yeah. He, I don't know why they had to show us that he would be dead if not for the gun jamming. He could have just won the fight. But okay. Uh, But kind of all awesome. I really, in fact, that opening scene is what really sold me on this movie. That's his best scene. Absolutely. I get it. I'm glad they put it in the beginning. It's a lot of fun. It's a lot of fun. He makes a guy stab himself in the leg. And then kicks him through a fucking plate glass window. Yes. After Chad McQueen kicks ass and breaks everything in a jewelry store, his boss... Super chill. Just chill about it, man. 
He is a go with the flow kind of guy. He is the exact opposite of last week, Samurai Cop, as well as <laughs> Dead Heat. Those guys are tight wound. This is an easy peasy captain, guys. Very type B personality. Yeah, you know, he understands that if you're going to have a, a, a crazy cop who gets results. You kind of got to just get you got to work with him. You got to come to where he lives. Let the numbers speak for themselves, but I'm going to enable you to get those numbers up. I don't I don't really know how to work this into anything, but I feel it just needs to be shared. Um, I guess we'll call it the IMDb trivia of the week. Um, At one point, they brought in a they brought in someone for a fight scene with Cynthia Rothrock that wasn't actually a stuntman. And he went the wrong way, and he got blasted in the balls by Cynthia Rothrock with a baseball bat and had to go to the hospital. Oh, no. Was that a stand-in? Yeah. A stunt dude? Yeah, it was a stand-in okay. stunt dude, which is why you don't fucking do that. I knew exactly what scene you're talking about. It's the end scene with uh, Wuhan, Philip Tan. That's how her finishing move is. She punches him in the, she drops him in the splits, punches him <laughs> in the dick like ten times, so many, and times. then knocks him out. And yes, right. Cynthia, Just that is the nuts. punch him, punch him till he pukes or passes out. The two piece, punch him till he pukes. If it was with the baseball bat, I assume it was in that fight before, where she's she takes P the baseball to bat P. from them. Punch to puke, punch to pass out. But yeah, that was a that was a fun back and forth uh, in the end there of Chad McQueen just absolutely brutalizing David Carradine's unconscious form and Cynthia Rothrock brutalizing Philip Tan's ball sack. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, before we go on anymore about Cynthia Rothrock, we need to get down to the question that we ask every week. Casey, I'm going to kick this off with you. Starring Chad McQueen and Cynthia Rothrock from 1990, Martial <laughs> Law. Would you watch it again? Oh, I'm a sucker for Cynthia Rothrock. Mm. I I do enjoy me some Sea Rock. Um, did not love the main character. This film, he was kind of wooden. He reminded me of a cross between Joe Piscopo and Steve Gutenberg. An unholy matrimony I didn't ask for, nor did I want. Um, so he was kind of a real big damper on the film. But him and his brother is just his bloodline. Everybody else in the movie, fantastic. And they don't try to give him too many lines because I don't think he could memorize them all. Uh, but <laughs> other than that, I would absolutely watch Martial Law again. 1991, we're doing the damn thing. I'm going to say this is the... This is around the peak of Buddy Cop. So I think I know what you're going to answer, but I'm still going to ask, Jay. Martial Law from 1991, starring the hardest rock to Roth, Cynthia Rothrock. Would you watch it again? Man, I feel like I had a lot of fun with Samurai Cop, but Martial Law might have been the better combo of kung fu and buddy cop and that both of them at least were doing kung fu now yes was cynthia rothrock way way better absolutely was chad mcqueen okay sometimes sometimes okay but like samurai cop the lighting in this was fucking 
awful sometimes. Awful. awful. There were a couple samurai cop lit scenes where I'm like, come on, you guys. What was going on that day? However, after the fucking opening heist, I immediately was like, yes, this movie is for me. I'm pr- pretty sure I'm going to watch it again. And after watching the whole goddamn thing, I fucking loved it. This has been my favorite movie this month. By far. I loved Martial Law. I'm definitely going to watch it again. It's a blast. But Dave, you brought this. So would you watch it again? God, there's just so much more in this movie than there needs to be. And it's just it's just stuffed. It's stuffed to the gills with just bullshit. And it's weird. Like, okay, David Carradine style kung fu, which to be clear is not kung fu. Is fine. <laughs> it's a series continues. Love that kind of like it's like a la it's it, it's like a western gunfight. It's like a an Errol Flynn sword fight. It's not meant to be realistic. It's just right. meant to be fun. But when you put Cynthia Rothrock in the movie, that's Send like if John signals. Wick shows up in the western. It's a little fucking weird. Oh God, would I watch this again? I don't know. I really want to watch the sequel to it. I really want to watch the martial law TV series that I think is unrelated to this, but it's just got me in a mood now. <laughs> I also think it's unrelated, but right. you've got it. a taste. I don't think I do it anytime soon, but yeah, I'll definitely Yay! watch martial law again. Mm-hmm. It's just going to have to wait a while. Cause this makes me want to do more stuff like it, but not this one again. There's no one scene in this that really sold me, but still, that is three out of three of us have voted to watch Martial Law again. Woo! But listeners at home, you tell us. Have you seen it? If not, you should. It's on Amazon Prime if you can deal with the commercials. And would you watch it again? So that's it for our individual picks of the month, but we've got one more week left. Casey, what are we going to be watching next week to finish out Cops and Donuts Month? We're going to... Throw down a wild card. We have a special guest coming next week. Someone who has run in with the law. I don't know. Has he? (laughs) I'm going to just put it out there and say it's true. We're bringing in special guest in Cinemite, Jesse, who will be treating us with Stop or My Mom Will Shoot. Starring Sylvester Stallone, Estelle Getty. What What do you want more? going to also be 91, I think. We're in the 90s. Good. Wow. Look at us. God damn it. We have 1992, actually. We've made it four years over the course of this. This is the newest. (laughs) I'm fucking trying, man. We're trying our damnedest. In the meantime, follow us on Instagram at Casey.Cinema. Like us on Facebook, sh.ttycinema. You can contribute to our bail fund at Patreon slash Shitty Cinema or PeepShittyCinema.com. Check the show notes for those links. And in the meantime, let's turn out the lights, turn on the cherries, and (laughs) woo!